welcome to our episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd, and I owe you an explanation. So, last week, if you were in the Midwest, uh, there was this thing called a thunderstorm that came around, and it kind of hailed a lot, and there was 80 mile per hour winds, and it, you know, may or may not have destroyed a whole bunch of trees. And if you were, if you were like me, you didn't, you didn't have power for five days. So, yeah. <laughs> That's why we didn't have a podcast last week. It was not planned. I do apologize. I obviously have power back, but it was a very stressful five days. And I'm very grateful to my parents because they had power and I did not. So, that, and, and there's a lot of hidden stories in there. You can find them eventually, about, out eventually, but it will not be here because we have a podcast to do and what I got to have do it with my co host. So, here's Wario Will. <laughs> yeah sorry to hear about that but of course naturally as well like yeah hope you enjoy all your july 4th holiday with suddenly the birth of america, america! and all that and yeah. of course naturally <laughs> with all the events that's <clears throat> happening That was pretty much my feelings when I saw the recent page like that. <laughs> How dare you use Invader Zim against me? Yeah. <laughs> How dare? That is my thing. I use the Zim laughing gifts. <laughs> also, here's Skull Kid Scott. I just want to let everyone know that it is now past the fork. You can stop with the fireworks. <laughs> yes, people still be yeah lighting them up. Yes, you know it's actually a little ironic for me because I live in, like right near a park, and people love to blow up fireworks there. So there was some on the Fourth of July, and I even intentionally didn't go to one of my video games because I didn't want to be disrupted by the fireworks. After they were done, I haven't had any since. I mean, they could be waiting for the weekend again. I mean, it <laughs> well, is, I'm so it is, happy for you. Yeah, it, it is America. <laughs> America! So, who knows anymore? Also, I feel like they're done, and then 2 a.m. rolls around, and all of a sudden, four fireworks keep going. Yeah. Eesh. Maybe maybe they didn't realize that the 4th of July was done. You know, they just kind of spaced out. Oh, speaking <laughs> of spacing out, here's Falcon Pave! You know, where I live at... People like to do some interesting things. One, you can't have a lot of fireworks where I live, but people think that it's a good idea to just drive over the border and get a bunch of fireworks you're not supposed to have and bring them back over here. And America. so, you know, they do that. And then, you know, they just randomly think that it's safe just to fire off a bunch of guns in the city limits to, you know, celebrate freedom. So, yeah. <laughs> and I just want to know that they've been doing this since July 1st, and it's now, what, July 6th, and they're still doing it every night? So, yeah, that's America. <laughs> further, furthermore, just hope you're not having a civil war actually going on, too. <laughs> furthermore, if you, if you ever wanted to reaffirm that Faith is definitively, definitively from the South, listen to how she says July. July. July, it is. It, it's the first, what is it, the 6th of July. <laughs> Like she's got to have the emphasis on on the on the first part. July, <laughs> July, July. People also say people also point out how southern I am when I say Wenda. Wenda, well, Wenda. Yeah, yeah, I hear what's, that. Wenda. What, what's Wenda? You go over there to the Wenda and you look out yonder. Oh my God! And you <laughs> see it yonder, like. That's that's a Jeff Foxworthy thing right there. <laughs> Wenda. <You> no. <know. laughs> yeah, it's like you might be a redneck if you say Wenda. <laughs> 
it's like or or pillar okay <laughs> you don't say pillar you say pillar pillar whichever yeah, one well it's, it's pronounced pillar so yeah but well, pillar. yeah, but we're talking about like a sleeping pillow. Sometimes people say oh, pillar gosh. to be funny. <laughs> oh, the enunciation lessons we're having here in EDP. Yeah. I also want to note that my cousin actually is, has a master's degree in such languages, and it and I'm sure she could teach Faith many a thing. And probably Faith could teach my cousin a thing or two. Well, so. the thing is, I know how to do proper English. I choose not to do proper English. Sure, Jan. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. So because we, we missed last week's uh, episode, we had... Okay, I, I'll be honest here. I missed last week's episode. Everyone else was fine. It was just I didn't have power, and I'm the one who records and edits everything. So, of course, they're all lost without me. So we're going to Totally. Be... We did not know what to do without you. Yes, I know. And mm -hmm. how, it's like you, you are... You are uh, I was going to do an M. Bison thing, but let's just move on. Uh, no, no. In reality, Todd just doesn't want anybody else to have his baby. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just what it comes down to. He doesn't like any of the rest of us. We're just here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the day Todd graced your podcast was the most important day of your life. For me, <laughs> it was Thursday. Grand <laughs> service! Okay, seriously, though. We have... A lot to talk about over the last two weeks and a very, very fun main event. So let's get all started off with what have you been playing? And I'm going to start off because I can honestly say I've been playing quite a bit. Uh, over the course of the past few weeks, I was given a uh, advanced code, review code, for Ghost Trick Dead Detective by Capcom. Uh, the review is on the website. It was a fun game. It was by the creator of Phoenix Wright, and as you all know, hopefully I love the Ace Attorney franchise. And I was very curious about this game. It was a remake, remaster, of the uh, DS title, which I had honestly never even heard of. <laughs> like, everyone's like, oh, this is, a cult. this is a classic. I'm like, I'd never even heard of it. There's a reason it's a cult classic. Exactly. You have to be a part of the cult. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> cult personality. Cult's dead detectives. Um, also, there's also a DC comic series called Dead Boy Detectives, but entirely different thing. Uh, but this was this is a fun game. I definitely want to say that the, the story and the characters carried things. The gameplay was fine, but oh my gosh. They sometimes made you think so outside the box that you didn't even know the box was what you were in in the first place. Like, they think basically think of it like this. You are a spirit, and you can control inanimate objects. And so you have to basically create Rube Goldberg uh, contraptions at times to get characters in the real world to do what you want them to within the course of a few minutes, or else they die. And dying is bad. Or so I'm told. Uh, <laughs> and in this one sequence, I kid you not, we had to do about 20 different things in the in exact order in order to get a pill bottle from the ground to a desk so a guy wouldn't die. And I know... Just, just no. I had to look up a guide, and I'm just like, wait, okay, I have to go here, then go here, up this, down this, release this, <laughs> go back, cross over, open the curtain, go back, close the curtain, do this, hit the night, but not here, gotta go here, you start all over again. I'm just like, who thinks of this crap? <laughs> <laughs> and that was, I mean, yes, that was the hardest one, but there were other ones where I'm just like, wait, I'm supposed to do what now? Like, I had, I found out that I could, I could possess a drop of water. Who told me I could possess a freaking drop of water, people? Like what the heck? Like become nowhere... the water. 
no, be be like water, my friends. <laughs> yeah, thanks, M- Missy Bruce. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a fun game. I gave it a three point five out of five, which is actually kind of a rare score for me here on Adderhaven, which is goes to show it's good, but you know, Ace Attorney's better. I, it's a puzzle <laughs> game. It's overall a puzzle game. I know, but I mean, like, this this felt more like uh, that's a good way to define it. A uh, DS no. game? No, oh, 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 no, but like, a really abstract physics puzzle. You know, because mm-hmm. again, like, okay, I have to go over to this contraption. How do I do this? Sometimes it's like, okay, I can go here, I can go here, I got a release that to go here. But then other times it's like, no, you have to possess a drop of water. I didn't even know I could do that. And and other times it was just as abstract, like, oh no, you have to go here to release a fan so it'll spin faster. Then you have to hit it precise. You have to stop time precisely here just so you can reach the next object. Oh, this is bad. Uh, but again, I made it through. It was a fun title. Um, I do want to drop a big spoiler here. And I don't care if you get mad at me. So if you don't want to get spoiled for Ghost Trick Dead Detective, you should skip by like one minute. Okay? Still here? Okay. The whole, the biggest mystery of the game is your character. Who is your character? What are they doing? You know, why are they the one who has these powers? It's revealed in the end that you are not human. You are a cat. That's awesome. It, no, that's horrible. That's, <laughs> that's a stupid thing. I'm sorry. I, I draw the line. Okay, and don't get me wrong. Yes, there was a dog character that you you meet, and it, that's another thing entirely. But the biggest one, the biggest twist in the entire game is that you are a cat, and your cat was with ghost powers because reasons. <laughs> really? I mean, it has been said that cats can see spirits. Shut up. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was the thing. Uh. The other thing I was playing was I uh, finally got around to Future Redeemed as mm, Super mm, Chronicles 3. Okay, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't what I was expecting, um, even though I knew that you know Rex and uh, Shulk were going to be there, and it was a prequel to the main story of Super Z- Chronicles 3. It took a while to get going. It, it totally took a while to get going. But once it got that flow going, it was it was fun. My biggest problem was that you had to remember everything. Mm, not okay, not okay. just of XC3, but of the first two games. Like, they, there was a, literally a conversation where they're like, yes, it's Alpha went rogue, and so he went, he got free of the, of the Trinity engine, and you, they just kept, like, spouting out names that, you're like, oh, yeah, the, this character and this character, they're not around anymore, so that I'm the conscience of this character, and just, like, who who are these people? Like you, you have to remember it all. For the deep fans, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, was it fun? Yes. I feel the combat system was even more fluid than XE three, which I, I I already noted was the best of the Trinity. But uh, as fun as this was, and in the and in as good as it was in connecting certain things, uh, XE three is still so much better. Like <laughs> that that game brought me to tears, as I, I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast. Uh, this one didn't bring me to tears. There were some cool moments, including with Rex showing up, just being a boss, and somehow being four feet taller and super muscular because of reasons. <laughs> he drank um, his milk. He drinks a drink of milk. <laughs> Pyra, Mithra, get me my milk! It's like, Will says stay hydrated. Hydrate with milk, Sonny! <laughs> so... But it was fun. If I was to review, I won't spend too long since it's released. I'd probably give it a four out of five. Mm, right, right. It was solid enough. Uh, I'm very curious about where they will potentially go with this franchise because they said they will continue it, but I don't know where they're going to go. But who who knows anymore? They've already taken it far beyond where I thought they could. And uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X two. 
Yeah, we're still waiting for X. We're waiting for him. Like, I know they finished with the Zero Saga games, but like maybe revisit that. I don't know. Don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. Uh, Oh, you think I'm done talking about the games I played? No, I have not. Because during my blackout, I was in I was in game isolation because I had one game on my Switch because of file size, and that was Xenoblade, and so I couldn't. I, my parents don't have Wi-Fi, so I couldn't download a new game. I didn't want to break out one of my longer titles and just abandon it after I had started playing it. So then I started going back, and I played a Mass Effect 3. And my gosh, this game. Oh. I, I, even though I know <laughs> the ending is coming, and we all know how the ending was, mm. uh, <laughs> the build-up is so good. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and because I'm playing on Legendary Edition, I'm getting the DLC missions that I never got to play before. Like where you can get a Prothean ally. Yep. That was something like, yeah, I think you had like pre-order to get that DLC. That was a pre-order too. bonus. Yeah. 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 Pre-order and, bonus, and then yeah, I'm yeah. doing the Leviathan mission right now, which is taking all sorts of twists and turns. So I'm just like, and this is just like an extended <laughs> mission that you totally doesn't really need to connect to the main game. Uh, but it's there. And then I've already reconnected with some of the other DLC characters from Mass Effect 2, like like Kasumi. And she's great. So I, this game is just so fun. And I just spend hours. Like, I spent like an hour yesterday just walking around the Citadel, talking to people, uh, helping and supporting citizens, in, and just doing like little side quest missions because I didn't care. I was just like, this is great. I love, I love the conversations. I love the depth that this version of Bioware, that this Bioware team <laughs> put into this title. <laughs> what a concept, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I will enjoy. I'm still very early in the game, but I'll, I'll enjoy playing more of it. And finally, I at at one point I had to go back to my parents' house, uh, even though I had my power back on and stay there because of my grandma and so i'm like i've got to have a switch game to play and so i downloaded persona 4 golden ah nice yeah and i'm still very in early into it i have i'm just about to go do officially the first uh what do you want to call it temple uh tv world whatever right shadow world first palace dungeon yeah palace thank you thank you yes the first palace with a yukiko and oh okay (laughs) Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Will knows it's coming. Um, so I acknowledge, and we've talked about this with Persona 5 Royal, that they treat their female characters a certain way. But in one scene in Persona 4 Golden, they took that to a level that 5 honestly never did. Okay? <laughs> I'm serious. There's a character named Yukiko who's going to be one of your compatriots. She gets trapped in the in the Shadow Realm or whatever. And through this thing called the Midnight Channel, we see a vision of her in this this corrupted world. And without going too much into details, they basically make her. Oh, what's a wise, What's a nice way of putting this? An exaggerated uh, damsel in distress. Oh, that's. I think that's too kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I'll say you this line. She said that she wanted to go find a hot stud, which in this, yep. to be character to be clear, <laughs> this character would never say that in the real world, but. The way she said it and the way it was portrayed in this cutscene was that they were um, focusing on her woman parts more than they probably should have. And she said, I don't care if I get a harem boy, so look out. And I'm just like, wow, this is a high school kid, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> high school kid. And they made this entire, like, Faith's laughing, but and she's just going off on my description. I Again, this is being like, a, I think it's almost like, how, when did this thing originally came? I know it like, came on the PS2, I think there's more than 10 years now, it feels like. Or something like that. So, yeah, like, they, they held nothing back 10 years no. prior. <laughs> well, it, the original version, just Persona 4, not Golden, was 2008. Yeah, holy so, yeah, crap. It, it old, and yeah, like, this is the first one? 
So, yeah. But uh, I, I'm still very early into this. I am enjoying parts of it. Uh, <laughs> because, again, it's still very early. Uh, I could definitely see how this tied, how this was like kind of like the walk so Persona 5 could run kind of thing. Um, there were some things I definitely wish were kind of standard based on what I did with Persona 5. Like, for example, when I started the game, they did the Japanese voices I- immediately. Ah. Yeah, they you have to switch it to the English dub, which I chose to do. Uh, nothing against Japanese voice actors. I just, no. Um, Sometimes I, I don't want to have to read. No. <laughs> it's just, I feel a better connection when I can actually like, hear the words. Yeah. I, I feel the same way with Fire Emblem. So, but yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting game. Uh, I def I think the the bat the worst part is the visuals. But again, this was like a 2008. It was a PS2. Yeah, I mean, PS2, PS2 and PlayStation Vita. So, uh, granted, of course, it doesn't have the buzz and whistle like the PS3 and PS4 days yeah. on. So, but it's still for the time, it's, it's still a good looking title, and I like. I, I'm curious about where it's going to go and how long it'll be compared to Persona 5. <laughs> I mean, it is definitely shorter, so you don't have to worry about it too okay. much. There's it's not a hundred hours. I can okay, tell thank you that. God. Yeah, so it's definitely shorter and like. It, especially with that extra dungeon at the end, if if you unlock it, then yeah, you're gonna expect some pretty good times. But yeah, overall, don't worry, it's not as big as Persona Five. Yeah. And don't and unlike and unlike with my uh, Christmas run of Persona Five, I am in no rush to beat it. I have been playing like only like an hour or two a night instead of like five six hours throughout a <laughs> Christmas break, which is still great, by the way. I highly recommend doing something like that. Uh, but yeah, so I have been on it quite a gaming binge. Now that I have my power back, I am going to com- continue enjoying it because this is the kind of life I like to live. Amen to that. All right, Will, I want to go to you next because uh, aside from your general things you've been playing, you also played the Pikmin 4 demo, and I would like you to talk about that, please. Ah, yes, the Pikmin 4 demo. Yes, the demo is currently out on the eShop, which allows you to play up to a certain limit. But it is still pretty open. So yeah, if you see like the demo, the demonstrations of videos on YouTube already. So basically, I I, I start like you. See, it is very like lore heavy. So they tell you how Almar crashed. Even you control um Almar a little bit just to get you familiarized with the controls. So a good ease in the tutorial. But yeah, also no, noticing like yeah, e, the um, part of the. Um, one of the maps is basically you're inside a house. So that's one thing that's actually quite a surprise as well as like you're also familiarizing yourself with the battle system of it all. Oh, and then afterwards, it then sh- continues on with like how Otomar got stranded and then how other tra- travelers got stranded, which again, come on, have you not learned from three games already? But I digress. So yeah, now like, oh, uh, okay, we ran out of people. Well, well, I guess it's up to you now. We're sending our best rookie, AKA you. <laughs> and so basically you have to create your own character, which is very nice. I picked mine's very simple uh, character customization uh, out of the templates of like the prior characters like Alamar, Louis, and Pikmin 3, uh, Pikmin 3's cast. So I just did, decided to make my short stubby uh, character with glasses. I mean, I love me. So yeah, and just picking your color. And yes, the, uh, I think, yeah, you can actually change the color, but what color you choose, it does reflect on your uniform as well as your ship. Which okay, like if you want to choose a red ship, blue ship, purple ship, what by all means, and I believe you can change afterwards. But going into the gameplay of it, yeah, once I um get your first red pigment and like really uh, helping you with the controls is, yeah, like it feels so strange. I mean, I, I played uh, Pikmin three on Wii U, and I noticed like the new play version on for Switch now. But yeah, going playing Pikmin Four here on the Switch. I, I was playing via a uh, Pro controller, and yeah, it's it, it was 
good. I mean, it reminded me of the days of um like oh the old GameCube days because it's, obviously you're not playing with the Wii Motion Plus, which I argue that's actually one of the better control schemes for a Pikmin game because you can point and throw. But yeah, just like it, that beginning tutorial level is just easing you, raising up more Pikmin, as well as one, I, I was kind of hoping to like cheese it with letting your first uh, pig, red Pikmin uh, go into a flower state, but no, there is definitely enough nectar around the area to really, um, to, to just boost up your, your tr troops. And yeah, like the first beginning era is huge. So you would definitely like, you won't, it doesn't feel as limiting, but it just feels that, there's just a lot to do. You can you can get your uh ice ice the new ice Pikmin. Uh, there's also the yellow. Yeah, you get your yellow, red, and ice Pikmin. And I know there's there's a lot more. I haven't unlocked them yet because it only, as I said, it only allows you to collect a certain limit up to fifteen hundred a spark sparklium something like that dust resource, and which is the treasures obviously with the Game Boy SP battery systems, cherries, clocks, like all these different knickknacks you find on Earth and. Those are the treasures and the death systems. Like, yeah, the deaths, it, it, it time travels much more slowly. Like, I believe one sixth of the time. So, if you're in the deaths, you don't have to worry about too much of time. And just how much this demo offers is quite amazing. Like, I, I was at, like, find this place at a lake. Like, I need to have 30 ice Pikmin, which I know some people have done, but like, I haven't done that yet. So, I'm still trying to make these um, like pathways and all. And yeah, and also there's also uh, surprisingly as well. Once you meet with Orochi and get more people and rescue more people, there's actually a bit of a, like an upgrade system because like you can either upgrade Orochi, carry more weight, carry more HP, or all these different sets. Or and of course naturally, um, they, your team also makes items when you hit like a certain limit. So for example, you uh, in the demo, you can once you rescue enough, you can actually have the ability to charge your trick pigment a la back in personal uh personal three uh pigment three. So it it just basically feels like a bit more of an RPG in a sense. So much more action RPG, action um uh real time strategy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, the term. But yeah, and once I just finished the up like hitting that limit after like I don't know like two solid four days in game, I just wanted more. And yeah, I, from what I've played so far, Pikmin Four is definitely shaping to be quite the game. Just like from like making places like of course the Don Dory as they said like e even the it's a bit text heavy it definitely holds your hand a bit too heavy but like they e explain that um concept of Don Dory basically like spreading your pigment out like having doing multiple tasks at once to like really be time efficient that's what they really try to emphasize more in the past games but here they really meant that like yeah practice that idea of Don Dory and just really like be as efficient as you can. Of course, there's definitely the people who want to play as casual, like just focus on one thing at a time, which you can also do that because again, time is not a pressuring factor, thank God, like in Pikmin 1. But if I can describe my time with Pikmin 4 demo, it is this is a game you want to get this month because it is really that dang good. I just love that he said that it holds your hand the whole time. Like, That's good. That means it's a me game. That's yes, a game yes, that yes. would be good I, I mean, for me. Yeah, like Nintendo definitely lot, like really wants this game to be accessible as you can, and I believe there is some accessibility options because like I, I was something that if I recall correctly in the options, but yeah, it does hold your hand. It ex it really does walk you through, and uh, like if you want to turn off like motion controls on, if you want to aim, strafe, yada, all all these different uh, techniques. But yeah, it does hold your hand a bit tech heavy. The characters they talk a lot, 
but once you like ex once you get the past explanation it, it, it definitely opens up so but yeah it definitely is a very casual friendly kind of game so by all means the pikmin 4 is definitely shaped out to be the game of this month and, and to piggyback on what you're saying, like Nintendo specifically said that they were changing things to help make it more accessible because they know that there were challenges with the first three games, which is why their sales weren't as big as you. I honestly might have thought it would be, but oh well. I mean, for what it is, like, I mean, I play. I haven't played Pikmin 2. I know I picked Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 3. And, like, th those things were definitely more geared to the gamers just because, like, yeah, they expected, you know, what you're doing. And if you play Pikmin before, then it is easy. But now with this entry number four, because, again, this is playing, you're playing as your own avatar character. Like, yeah, okay, we, we, we'll help easing the, the rookie, literally. that That's what this game is. So easing the rookie and just help save rescuing all the, the travelers of the space uh, crew. So all that. Uh, but yeah, Pikmin 4, definitely keep an eye out for it. And just quickly, uh, the other games that I have been playing, uh, actually, I mean, thanks again, thanks to P to, to our boss, Keith, for buying me a PS5. I actually tried a little bit of uh, God of War Ragnarok and just played a little bit of the beginning. And yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't need to say that. If you play Ragnarok, by, by all means, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it is a beautiful game. And uh, yeah, on continuing my progress of Tears of Kingdom, I actually uh, started on the Water Temple and I met Sidon again. Again, Sidon, best boy ever. Yes, fight me. <laughs> and so I came to that. And I gotta say, like, go, like, also, like, I just really hate it. I'm Tears of Kingdom, like, there are certain completionist criteria, like, for example, like, being the seeds or defeating all the monsters, uh, like, fr the frogs, the Hinoxes, whatever it may be. Like, there is a completionist item if you hunt all of them. But it is just an, a badge. That's it. So completionist, be be aware, be aware. <laughs> and of course, naturally, to just continuing on with uh, other games, like uh, yeah, actually, been going back into playing Final Fantasy VII Remake to prepare for Rebirth. And like Final Fantasy VII on on uh, PS5 looks very pretty. <laughs> it does. Look very yes, pretty. it does. <laughs> and, and of course, naturally, as I alluded in the beginning of with Fire Emblem Heroes, and of course now naturally with the. Two summer batters. I mean, intelligence system. Also, I, I shout out to uh, the artist uh, Yuzagi, uh, Yusuke Kozaki, who was at Anime Expo, who, who also did um, a Shishiki signing for um, the new uh, Corin ruler uh, uh figurine for Good Smile. Yeah, and yeah, I just gotta say these two banners, <laughs> two <laughs> summer batters. Okay, you had one for for three houses, and now you only can bring one engaged character and. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised you actually bring Darja of all, of all these years. <laughs> like, and she's the demo. <laughs> like, okay, fine. And then you decide to, like, okay, we'll have Fjord and Ymir duo. Like, okay, fine. And the, the Tempest Trial unit you bring back is Dono. Like, okay, fine. Of all characters you can bring back, you bring Dono. Like, <laughs> I have no words on this, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I thought you had many choice words. <laughs> yeah, well, I decided to spare you all because you all know, should know how I feel. I mean, heck, they bring an Ivy and engage, so heck, at least somebody's be, be engaged fans be eating a bit just once. This is, this is her debut. They are debuting her via Summer Banner. Really? <laughs> they, this is this is not the first character that I, they have done something like this with. Like Ivy is good on her own. She doesn't need to be in the Summer Banner. So gods <laughs> <Fame intelligence system. laughs> oh i will I blame, I blame so many i blame so many all right despair me from this scott how about you go next 
Alrighty, I've been playing actually a lot of games. Um, you had so... two weeks. <laughs> I know, I have. I've played and finished um, Trails into Reverie. I've also finished Final Fantasy sixteen. See, there you go. <laughs> I've been I've played some of Heteroid uh Septeroid ah, Septeroid Voyager. Not to be confused with Octopath Traveler, by the way. <laughs> Common mistake. And I've also been playing Valfarian Art Hero School Story. You made that up. I have not actually. You you made that up. That is not a real game. <laughs> You want to know the best part about it? This is the this is the second one. <laughs> okay. But uh, basically, I guess I'll explain the Valtharian arc. It's a game where you're the principal over a school that is uh, not really in shambles, but it's kind of just starting up, getting traction. You have one vice principal, and you have one student, and you have to work on getting more people to join the school, as well as more um, teachers. And it's about helping train people to be the next generation of heroes and adventurers. Which is kind of fun. I was kind of hoping that you got a little more um, creativity and being able to actually create students to like create your own parties. But that is not how it works. You just have to find um, party members that you kind of want. And you can generally shift them into being what class and what kind of, I guess, strengths and weaknesses you want. The first person you start out with is a full-on knight, of course, because when, you when you're an adventurer-type series, it always has to be the knight or the fighter first, generally because they're a good um, mix of everything, good jack-of-all-trades, so you can push whatever he wants, whatever you want that person to be. Yeah, I still don't think that game is real. <laughs> that sounds like a, ma a manga name. I can send you the link if you want. Hey, hey, Photoshop exists, man. You could, you could, and other things exist. You can make fake websites. We all know this is true. I can just send it you the Steam link, though. I, can I fake a Steam game? Yes, actually. Uh, That's it, cool. <laughs> I, you see, I have faith in your skills, Scott. Like, oh, thank yeah, you. I mean, come on, you're 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 more capable than you give yourself credit for. If you want to you can make up one of few things. Ah, and now, Falcon Faith. I actually haven't hardly played anything uh. other than Pokemon Go, but I did finish Redfall this week. Oh, such a brave soul. <laughs> And honestly, I loved it. Like, okay, I, I understand why a lot of people didn't like it. Because, yeah, there's a lot wrong with it. Literally, the whole time I'm sitting here playing with, with Nick from our site, um, me and him went through the whole playthrough together. And there's been so many times that I die, obviously. Um, because who who else would die? Um And he's running over, because, you know, obviously, he's running over to save me. And it's just not registering that he's trying to, to res me. So, you know, that totally doesn't make the game frustrating. But looking past the many things that do need to be patched about the game, I personally feel like it's a really good game. They had a good idea. Did they deliver it really well? 
eh, it could be a little bit better. But personally, I feel like it was a good story. And I'm just, I also love like all things like paranormal. And I just love that aspect of the game. And I don't know, I really liked it. And I, I want to play it again because there's there's many things that I don't know how I didn't get them. Like I'm missing a lot of weapon skins and then I'm missing like, I have almost all of the outfits or costumes, whatever they're called, but I'm missing like multiple of the headpieces. And I like want to go back and complete the collection because that would make me feel better about my playthrough. But I enjoyed it. So. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She actually enjoyed Redfall. I, I mean, to... again, so each, each their own. Each <laughs> Everyone's their own. allowed yeah. to have whatever kind of pace they want. <laughs> uh huh. So, yeah, let's just move on, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if nothing else, Faith, you are one of the brave few who actually attempted to finish the game, and that's important. And you want to know something else? Sure. This is random though. I'm and I don't sure want to talk I don't want to I don't want to talk much about this game because I'm writing my review for it, but Stories of the Seasons a Wonderful Life. I have so many bones to pick. Really? <laughs> okay, okay. Like, okay, so I just I, I'm going to go ahead and say this is my first time playing a Story of Seasons game. <laughs> I never played one before. And so I had to start over 3 times. <laughs> oh, because, this one, story. Because they don't tell you how to freaking save the game. I thought it automatically saved because every game nowadays automatically saves. <laughs> Since when do we have to actually save the game? This is not Animal Crossing, okay? This is not Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> you are so used to the modern day convenience of video games like auto saves. But no, back in my day on the GameCube, we got a manual save. <laughs> So I had we to only had three save spots. <laughs> so I had to, and, and here's the thing. I realized that it wasn't saving. And I'm like, oh, I must have didn't go through the tutorial all the way. Because, you know, sometimes when you don't go the tutorial, it won't save. And I'm like, okay, that makes total sense. So I do it all again. And then I look around for a save button. Like, oh, I just, maybe I just need to double check that there's not a save button. Who knew that the stupid little button that says write in journal is the freaking save button? <laughs> yeah. I saw it. I saw it and I'm like, what is this what is this little this little thing about writing in my journal? What am I gonna write in my journal? I harvested some carrots. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm going yeah, I'm with you. I today. have more bones to pick. I have more I have more bones to pick. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking as a veteran <laughs> of story season and harvest moon, yeah, like when I played the original game on GameCube, like yeah, yeah, on GameCube. It was it, it was definitely a weird system of saving. You had again manual save. I mean, all Harvest Moon games you had to save next to your, your bed. That that's always been tradition of things. So yeah, I mean, granted they did not explain it to you. I, I gonna agree. And like I I'm not sure I, I do have the game myself, but I gotta check if there also like a is a help system or tip system that actually explains the saving feature. But yeah, like but I'm surprised like it, it didn't like clue you in of how to save progress <laughs> mm -hmm. and then i was talking to um one of my bosses at another site and she also got an early access code to the game so me and her have like been going back and forth about the game and i did not know this because again i had to start over three times but i did not know this but you have to get married in the first year and yes. romance somebody <laughs> or your game starts over and i'm like that is retarded that is retarded. <laughs> it is it is a manual yeah requirement or as you will lead the game ends after your first year yes 
And then I didn't, my main manager, um, she actually made this mistake. Um, she did not. Okay. So I'm going to basically tell you what she explained to me. She had a baby and she, she's like way further in the game than I am, but she had a baby with, I can't remember who she romanced with, but anyways, she had a baby and like, she didn't take it out of the house. Yeah. So now her child's depressed. And she said, the reason I didn't take it out of the house is because whenever you pick it up, and like she said, there's two ways to pick it up. You can cradle it, but you can't move when you do that or something. And then the other way that you pick it up, the child acts unhappy the way that you're holding it. So she would be like, oh, I'm upsetting it and put it down. And so she never took the child out of the house to like go farming with her or meet other people. So now her child is like really depressed. And apparently that's like hindered a lot of the gameplay, like the family aspect of the game. So I'm sitting over here slightly terrified. <laughs> well, I, I actually kind of did the same thing in my original game, GameCube playthrough. Like I know I did take him here and there, but he was like, well, my child, my child grew up as like, uh, he only had an interest in archaeology, but he didn't really have like as spirited as it is. But yeah, they really do emphasize like any time like it is. They do advertise it as like a very calm game. Again, take it as your own leisure. But at the same time, like this is your child. Whatever you do, they will soak up like a sponge. Like like when we're <laughs> moving, they will soak it up and like yeah, whatever you do, bring it out of the house. Bring it, play with your dog, meet with cats, meet with people. They will absorb it and it will affect their life. <laughs> so yes, no pressure, no pressure. No, the reality <laughs> no is I'm raising a child. So yeah, I'm currently just running around trying to figure out who I'm going to romance so that I don't have to start over. And this game as well, you can actually can romance anybody. So yes, it doesn't matter of your gender. So yeah. But but we all know that I'm probably going to pick the one that's going to be the most hardest because that's what I do. That's what I did in Stardew Valley. <laughs> I picked Shane because I can fix him. Oh, no. so you say? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think she realized exactly what she said. What did I say, Todd? Oh, there you go. Yeah, she did, she didn't hear what she said. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just gonna leave that alone. Yeah, uh, you, wow. you can make your own jokes here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, wow. I do, do want to go back to the thing that you said about not being told how to save. I actually had a similar problem with Persona for. Because they's like, hey, there's this new jobs board that you can go to. I'm like, okay. And they go, hey, it's at the bulletin board. I'm like, great. So I go to where I know the bulletin board is in the school, and it's it's nothing there. And so I literally have to look up where the heck the bulletin board is. It's on the other side of town. Like, you didn't tell me that. You just said, go to the bulletin board. I'm like, where's the bulletin board? And it's like, hey, go to the faculty office. Where's that? Go to this other building. Where's that? Tell me where to go, thank you. So. I mean, I know some people don't like hand-holding, but when you're trying to understand a rather large-scale game or a rather intricate one with lots of features, you kind of need to tell them what to do and where to go. Yeah, like Tears of the Kingdom. There you go. It yeah. needs more hand-holding. Or Big Brother to endure. <laughs> get off the dang island! No, no! Left! Faith! Left! Left! <laughs> Goes right. Yeah, exactly. It that happened. We talked about this in a previous podcast. That totally happened. So <sighs> anyway. Because when, when I'm already panicking, I'm gonna die and you're screaming at me to go one way. I'm like, oh hurry up, go this way. Oh no, not this way, this way. I am not gonna look forward to the day that when you meet the gloom hands fade. That you that will be a time where we be poop in your pants. <laughs> uh. <sighs> all right 
And now for the news, because we have two weeks worth of stuff to talk about. So it's time to go down the war pipe. And first, we have a duo of stories right now, because we're going to talk about two franchises that fans want to come back, but aren't, more than likely, for one reason or another. We're going to start with the one that I'm going to say the name, and then you might hear the scream in the distance of Coop Keith. <laughs> We're going to talk about F-Zero. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Keith. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry, buddy. So, yeah, a former employee of Nintendo who was an artist and designer who actually worked on both Star Fox, another franchise that we want to come back, and F-Zero talked about why he feels that it hasn't come back yet. And he had some very interesting comments, and it'll tie into the other game we'll talk about in a second. The first thing he noted was that why haven't we gotten F-Zero? It's a matter of sales, which is true. Which is true. The F-Zero franchise has honestly never been the best selling. In fact, if you look at the sales of the first game to the last game, it literally goes down every time. <laughs> like, And not by small numbers at some points. Uh, the other reason, he says, because of Mario Kart. Mario Kart has been so uberly successful as a racing title versus F-Zero, which just hasn't. So what are you going to make? More games of the one you know is a success or the other one, which is a you know cult classic. And then he said, well, what? And then for all of you thinking, well, they could bring it back like they did with Metroid or even Donkey Kong with Retro Studios. And he goes, quote, it's easy to revive IPs, but careful consideration is needed to produce them as something that really satisfied customers, end quote. I also agree with this because... Metroid only works because of Me Mercury Steam. And then we all know what happened with Metroid Prime 4. Or do we? Because it hasn't come out yet! <laughs> I don't think anyone knows what happened to that game. Well, Not I even mean, the people working on it. Yeah, and we do, we do know they had a team. Team sucked. They brought back Retro, and we've heard nothing since. So make it that what you will. And then Retro was the one who re brought back Donkey Kong, but they only made two games, and now Donkey Kong is in perpetual you know, limbo. Same with Star Fox. So... I can understand this, but there's also the problem that Nintendo has franchises which, by nature, are either niche or have had a very rough history, and then they keep giving them chances, and they surprise everyone. The biggest one that we all know of is, of course, Fire Emblem. That game, that franchise was Japan only for so long until FE7 came out, then uh, Sacred Stones, Atelier Saga, and then Awakening was the one that finally burst open to the door. Imagine if they had stopped after the Atelier Saga. Or, or Sacred Stones. You know, they kept trying, and that's what we need to do. And I agree that, you know, Mario Kart is a problem, but it's not that big of a problem, if we're really being honest here. Mario Kart is a very cartoonish style of racing. F-Zero is very high-speed technical racing. There are plenty of people who want to play those games. Just look at Forza or F1. F1, not F Oh, my God, F1 and F-Zero. How did I not make that connection? <laughs> I'm serious. I just caught that. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Even the boss said that a while ago. I remember him saying. Yeah. Well, it's just I never think of them in the same sentence because I, I and I don't play the F one games. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I think there is a way to make this work. And I've actually talked about my ideas for F zero in the past, including you know custom tracks, which Mario Kart does not do. Uh, a more store a, a heavy storyline with Captain Falcon, which I know a lot of people will love, and so on and so forth. But this also ties into another story about a previously Nintendo-only franchise you might have heard of. It's called, uh, you know, Banjo-Kazooie? Might have heard of Whoa. that? A little bit? <laughs> uh, I sound a little more like Goofy than I intended, so I'm sorry. Um, but yes, Grant Kirkhope. Yes, that Grant Kirkhope. Noted that while it is technically possible for a true 
third game. Yes, Nuts and Bolts was the third game. It doesn't count. Uh, of the Banjo-Kazooie franchise to happen. He doesn't see it happening because there isn't that large of a fan base. Oh, really, Grant? <laughs> where, where, where do you get such notions? I, I, I do have to ask. And, and, and yes, Banjo-Kazooie and Smash Brothers, we'll talk about that in a second, but this is two franchises, technically more, that publishers aren't willing to do because they 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 don't want to risk it because they don't think it'll get sales even though they haven't tried like and yet you'll make crap like Redfall sorry Faith <laughs> and we all wow. know the, yeah you, you can say that uh but remember we as we talked about a few weeks ago we all know what happened with Redfall and how you know Bethesda was the team at Bethesda wanted it to get canceled when Microsoft took over but it didn't and they had to make it anyway or look at Anthem that abomination that was just so bad and then yeah it was like oh i guess we should cancel the sequel because the first one didn't do well well the first one didn't do well because it was it was crap and the team knew it <laughs> sometimes you need to take risks and with these franchises that have a nostalgic feel to them you can wait a long time bring them back and then welcome the old and the new players that should be how it goes or you know in this gamer's mind i should, I should say yeah i think it should be okay to take risks <clears throat> yeah. Especially on IPs that you know have at least a cult following. I, I, I like you don't have to give it the biggest of budgets and all. That. Like if they worry about that, I mean, cost versus uh, the pro the potential profits. I mean, fine, business is business. But regards to the games that, like, again, have not been here for like two beyond a decade, it's gonna be going on to half a century. It just feels like. Yeah, maybe just like give this thing one more chance. I mean, again, we'll get we'll probably get a fire emblem awakening situation, which would have been the nail in the coffin, but lo and behold, now it's booming. So I don't know, maybe give something a chance and all that because again, with like certain uh, like even new IPs like with arms, it was it was great, but just people people didn't really get get it. But I loved it so, and, and it still sold over a million in less than a month. Mm -hmm. I, I knew IP would, most new IPs would kill for such numbers, okay? <coughs> yes, right, right, right. So, yeah, like, making, like, old titles such as F-Zero, Donkey Kong, like, anything that has been, like, more or less been buried in the annals of time is just, like, yeah, like, perhaps is a good time just to dust them up and see what sticks. And here's another example that I feel, feel perfectly encapsulate this. Pokemon Snap! How long were gamers begging for a Pokemon Snap sequel? And then we finally got one on the Switch, and it sold many millions! It's all good. It's all good, yes. Yeah, and I still maintain that it's one of the most beautiful games on the Nintendo Switch. I love that title. And Faith, if you haven't gotten that title, I highly recommend it. It's a good, cozy game. It's a good cozy game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the true relaxing game. I mean, if you're enjoying... <laughs> You know, if you're if you think you'll enjoy Pokemon Sleep, imagine when you see these Pokemon like right in front of you as you go in on your rail camera cart. So, it's, if it's only a, we got a VR experience with that. Oh, Faith would lose it. <laughs> Faith would lose it if that was the case. Like, uh, oh my gosh, I, can, oh, I got more easily. <clears throat> oh my gosh, I can, I can actually hold it in my hands, and I can squeeze your little fluffy cheeks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and don't worry, I'm not saying that Nintendo should go into VR, but that would arguably like what they should. They should. They should. So ever do that should be one of the first titles. <laughs> and but again, that was 20 years. The first one was a definition of a cult classic. Yes, it did so it sell well. It did sell well on the N64, but it wasn't like the most groundbreaking game in terms of sales. But then the the sequel did many millions more. Sometimes you have to 
just keep throwing things until you just either can't make it work or it's clear the audience doesn't want to come. And let's be honest here. They never promoted F-Zero as one of their biggest franchises, even when Captain Falcon was in Smash Brothers. Yep. Every single time. <laughs> He's going to be in Smash Brothers. Stop panicking. I don't think they would ever take him out. <laughs> I remember Brawl, though. Everyone was thinking, where is Captain Falcon? And he was one of the last like unlock characters, and the, and everyone was panicking. And then in, in 4, they made sure to show him early in the Lucina trailer <laughs> because they wanted to make sure, okay, look, there is Captain Falcon. Shut up. But And, and going back to Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo's trailer was one of the biggest love things of, of all Smash Brothers time. When they did the fake out with Duck Hunt Dog and Banjo shows up and, and Diddy, Donkey, and King K. Rool are, are loving it because that was their old friend. The internet went crazy. We finally got Banjo-Kazooie back on Nintendo. And you, you don't tell me that that's going to translate to game sales? You literally don't know if you don't try. <laughs> and then, have you not seen the internet? Yeah, the millions and millions of internet reactions. And again, how many people have like literally waited a decade and more for a Banjo Kazooie game? Again, not nuts and bolts, as you said. Yeah, not like just waiting for anything Banjo Kazooie. And like when Banjo Kazooie was in Smash Bros, it it broke the internet. If yeah. I remember correctly, it broke. The it internet. did. It broke it. Uh, yeah, I believe it even broke Twitter that one time. So it's just, yeah, if that's not already a good solid example and proof of like, there is no love for Banjo, uh, yeah, re-examine yourself. I'm sorry. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Okay. <laughs> Look, there is only one person in the world, and I, and I mean this honestly, there is only one person in the world who I absolutely know will not even think about playing a Banjo-Kazooie return, and that's Nick Offerman. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm asking Scott, do you know, are you saying yeah just to say, say the yeah, or do you know why? I know. <laughs> you know? Yes. Okay, well, clearly Will and Faith don't, because they didn't react. So Nick Offerman, the legendary actor, know that he used to be a video game guy, and then he played Banjo-Kazooie when it first came out, and he played it full stop for like two weeks. He abandoned like everything else in his life to finish Banjo-Kazooie. By the time he was done, he went, what have I done? <laughs> and he never played video games again. Oh, I, yeah, now it's bringing some those. Yeah. It, it, the interview came out after The Last of Us, which you should get an Emmy for. But uh, yeah, that's the only guy I know 100% won't play because that, that will dredge up the wrong kind of nostalgia. <laughs> but everyone else will at least consider it. And remember, if you have a good game mixed with nostalgia, it will sell. Okay, Donkey, yes. Kong, Donkey Kong Country Returns, Kid Icarus Uprising, which yes, we will talk about that in a second. Pokemon Snap. Uh, no, there are others. Uh, um, Pokemon Let's Go. No. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll count that. I'll count that because you know those are rehashed with the mix of Pokemon Go. So you know, and there are others from other franchises too. You know, when they make revivals or long-awaited sequels, as long as it's good, it will sell. You just gotta give it the chance like ratchet and clank yeah a rift apart you know that like how long was that gap and it was there and it was great or red dead redemption 2 or god of war on ps4 and ps5 you, know? <laughs> you can mix nostalgia and bring in old fans and new fans if you make the content great so you can't tell me that banjo Star Fox, donkey kong icarus any of them golden sun any of them can't come back if you put the right team and give them the right marketing, 
to do the job right. If you build it, they will come. Whether they like it or not will depend on how the quality is and then they'll roast you on the internet either way. But still, <laughs> they will come. All right, next up, we have a multi-part story about, wait for it, Pokemon! Yay! Yay! So, first up, I want to talk about uh, a, a, another review I did, which was Pokemon Ultimate Journeys Part 3. Uh, this was the end of the current arc with Ash Ketchum, which means, yes, we have only the epilogue here left in the West to do. And it is coming, we just don't know when. And there were parts that I liked, basically most of the Masters A tournament. There was parts that I hated, which is basically anything with Go. And, okay, seriously, that kid is just so annoying. <laughs> like, I've tried to endure his crap and his, his infinitely high capture rate with a basic Pokeball. But, like, he he had this one, like, outburst. I'm just like, I want to smack that kid so dang hard. Uh, mm, urges. But uh, the best thing of all was Ash versus Leon. That fight, that and Ash versus Cynthia, like totally lived up to the hype. And if you haven't seen it, there is a moment where Pikachu looks like he's about to faint. And he, in that, let's just call it a state of lucidity. Uh, that's a big word, lucidity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm educated. Uh, he relit, basically relives and reconnects with every Pokemon in person that Ash has ever, okay, basically Pokemon, that Ash has ever can captured and it's a beautiful moment and then he Did goes, you just almost say kidnapped? Did I say kidnapped? It almost sounded like you were gonna say kidnapped. I do apologize. Uh <laughs> Ash catch him catched. Okay. Yeah. Ash catch him ever catched. And he goes basically full power electric mode. And in that moment, they play the original Pokemon theme song. Yes, you when you oh. hear like if any anime, if you hear the theme song play, you know things about to go down. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And I feel like I knew that that was coming, but I forgot. I knew about the, you know, the reconnecting with the Pokemon bit because that was that's just good storytelling. But then that theme hits and I start crying. Like it's like tears of joy and I'm being overwhelmed. And the when I thought about it, I'm like, "Oh my gosh. This is the perfect full circle moment." This is, quote, the end of his journey because he's about to become world champion. And they're, they're playing the first song that welcomed him into the world. It's perfect. And, like, the song says, I want to be the very best like no one ever was. He's fighting the very best in Leon. So the song totally works. <laughs> and it was a beautiful moment. It was a great episode. And it sucked that we had to go back to go after that. But uh, all in all, it was, it was a nice capper. My review is up. I do hope you'll give it a listen. And then the moment we hear about the... Uh, uh, the the epilogue series with Ash, I will be sure to post about it and then review it when the time comes. But it was a very memorable ending and a one a very solid ending for Ash. Ghost still sucks. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I know some people are gonna hate me. Like, but Ghost wasn't really that bad. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he he's no bad. Ash. He he. For screw, he's no Ash. He's no Serena <laughs> or Faye or Max or Clemen or. Like I would rate him like and the the lowest tier of companions like with Silen, Iris wasn't too bad, but like Silen and some of the others because he was just he was just like there, <laughs> you know he was the he was like the antithesis of Ash in some of the worst ways. I'm just like go away. So anyway, but that moment with Pikachu and the theme song, oh so beautiful. Okay, calming down, calming down. Uh, also, we heard us. Uh, Got some new info on uh, Pokemon Concierge, which you might have forgotten, you know, actually existed. Um, but yes, it is coming later this year. I'm looking at the teaser now. And they even did a behind the scenes video showing the claymation at work. 
and mm-hmm. that's actually pretty cool that that they're doing it in this way and and using the Pokemon to flesh out this like hotel area. And here we go; it's going to come out in December of this year. So be on the lookout for that. It doesn't look too bad. And, and again, with Pokemon, you can take. See, this is taking a risk, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, let's make a claymation Pokemon series about them in a hotel. Okay, why not? Take the risk. Take a chance. And finally, and I'll have uh, Falcon 5 take this over, Pokemon Sleep was detailed. Faith, take it away. Okay, so today we got news about Pokemon Sleep, and we got... My microphone just messed up, sorry. (laughs) Um, We got a whole um trailer which is going over all of the things that are going to be in the app and we got to see how pokemon are also going to have different sleep positions this is one thing that i was curious about because you know they talk about how we're going to be studying the different ways that different pokemon sleep and i'm like oh are we just going to get like one each and that's just like going to be it but no we're actually going to be able to collect multiple different ones for each pokemon um, and one of the ways that we can do this is there's different um, times a day that you can play the game that do different things. So you can play it during the day, which is like when you're going to be studying the Pokemon that you encountered while sleeping. So then going into like the evening and nighttime is when you're going to be encountering these Pokemon, which is going to be when either your Apple Watch, your phone, or any other smartwatch or smartphone will be tracking your sleep. Or you can even get the Pokemon Go, Go Plus um, device on Amazon and other retailers that have it available pre-order that are releasing I think it's going to be like the the 16th or something um it will be tracking your sleep and so basically what I think is really cool about this is not only will it be like tracking you know like when you go to sleep but it'll be tracking what type of sleep you're getting so if you're having like a more restless sleep you know it'll track that or if you're going into there's a professional word for it but like the sleep you're like in the deepest possible sleep that you can be in um and that's yeah, when you'll sleep. get like your most reward yes that um that's when you'll like get your most rewards and stuff like that and like xp and i don't think it's like necessarily like the candy that we use but it's like something along the lines of that that we can use to progress further in the game during the day. So, you know, their goal, it seems, for this is not only for us to, like, get better sleep, but, you know, actually practice having deeper sleep and not being restless and on our phones all night. <laughs> um, so I, I'm really excited. Yeah, it's just kind of funny as well, because the first they make Pokemon Go for making players active. Now they're making Pokemon <laughs> Sleep to actually improve on players' sleeping. Yes. Again, now they're putting both both, uh, both spectrums of living. And yeah, personally for me, I'm also pretty, again, I, I said many times over prior podcasts, I'm actually interested in Pokemon Sleep because, as I, I think I mentioned before, but I am diagnosed with sleep apnea and just like... Yeah, like I, I, I do wonder how my sleep is because I do admit I kind of toss and tumble. So, have like another activity actually coincides with your sleeping behavior is kind of an interesting concept. I'm sure I like some people will maybe turn up with the idea like, oh, it's tracking your sleep. Oh no, Skynet, all over, all over that. Like, but I'm just being dramatic. But yeah, like have a, a, a certain app or like. I don't know, similar to your Fitbits and all that. I don't know. But basically have Pokemon Sleep also base gives you information of your sleep that sleep behaviors is with as well, like what kind of Pokemon like also 
correlates with your sleep patterns is is I don't know. It's definitely an interesting concept, which I can't help but be intrigued. So I am very interested in Pokemon Sleep myself. Yeah, I suck at sleep. Like I, as my as the blackout in my uh, <laughs> my parents' place would tell you. Uh, so hey, if this helps you sleep, I'll I'll at least give it a chance. I just I'm just glad they actually flushed it out more versus like, hey, this will help you sleep. Okay. And I like that, you know, your iPhone, I, I'm assuming that other phones do this. I just use iPhone because I've never used an Android. To me, that's like Chinese to me. I don't understand it. My brain cannot <laughs> comprehend it. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. That's racist. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not racist. I'm just saying I don't understand it. And <laughs> I just want to ask, to me. ask, in the words of Peter Parker, <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> Um, and so like my phone, for example, tracks my sleep and I just, I find it interesting because like you can set up on iPhone, like what time you go to bed and it sends you like a notification to like go to bed and you can have like all of these settings on your phone, like wind yourself down. So like your lighting of your phone will go down and then in the morning you can have it set an alarm and it like tracks your sleep all through the night. And I just feel like it's going to be a cool experience to see like how, Pokemon Go caters to not only the game itself and Pokemon Sleep and stuff, but how it's also going to cater to, like, the health app and, like, you know, will it actually improve people's sleep kind of thing. All right, and, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little bit of a double feature here with Faith because she, lucky devil, got to talk with Niantic recently. Yes, I did, and I, I really wasn't expecting it. I opened my email box one day, and, you know, if anybody here really knows me, y'all know that I hate emails, but <laughs> I love emails when I get good emails, like when my Amazon packages are about to be delivered or when Niantic wants to do an interview with me. Um, <laughs> so I opened up my email, and I had an email from Niantic, and they were like, hey, we saw that you write about Pokemon Go, and I'm like, you did? <laughs> um, and so they wanted to do an interview with me talking about the new campfire app that they released um, to be honest I'm just going to be brutally honest I hadn't heard of this app until they mentioned it and I'm like what is this and I went and looked it up and it's like oh this is that and so the whole interview was basically them going over what campfire is and basically um, what it is is it's a companion app that you download to use with Pokemon Go. And the reason that they made this app is I've wrote, written many articles about this across different sites. Players have been complaining about raids in Pokemon Go because especially doing remote raids, usually it's a waste of money. And I've experienced this too. You buy a remote raid pass and then nobody joins you and nobody's doing raids so then one you don't get to have any benefits from the raids itself and that makes the game boring but then you niantic's not making money from raid passes and players are losing money for even spending money in game in raid passes um so basically after talking to them they shared how they noticed that problem and they wanted to make their own social media type app that would you know, help not only connect the Pokemon Go players with one another, but also help with the raid problem. And so um, one of the lovely developers that I talked to actually showed me his screen um, and they were over in California, like in the city. And there was like all this stuff going on on his screen. And it was really cool. So showing me the screen, there was a map of, you know, like where you are. And it looks just like the map from Pokemon Go. 
And it shows one thing that I thought was really cool is it shows like where people are sh- sharing pictures of the Pokemon that they caught. So like people were sharing their uploads of like shiny Pokemon they got and you could like click on it and comment. Um, but then also one thing that is a big feature of why they made the app is this feature called Team Up. And team up is basically where, you know, let's say you're sitting in a line at Starbucks, you can immediately hit team up and it'll like send notification to those around you, either in the Starbucks or, you know, slightly outside of the Starbucks or whatnot, that, you know, somebody is looking to do a raid and have a team to go with them. And so, you know, then you can like drop a flare and a flare basically shows, hey, this person is wanting to have more people join them. Um, and they made it to where like, you can message people inside the app and be like, hey, I'm on my way over there to do this raid with you and like all that stuff. And like can even um, friend people with inside the app and message them. So that, that way people, their main goal was to make it to where you don't have to always go to Discord or Instagram or all of these other outlets to find people to play the game with. It's all just right here. And then as soon as your um, team up party is full, you can hit go to raid and it immediately opens up Pokemon Go and you are in the raid and ready to go. So it's like really cool how they intertwined both of these apps together to where we have, you know, a more social version, I guess you would say, because you don't need to have this to play Pokemon Go. But I like that you can download this as an extra to have like a quote unquote social media version of Pokemon Go, which then also helps benefit your your like progress in Pokemon Go and like doing raids and stuff. So it was really cool doing that interview with them to, you know, just learn more about why they made this and whatnot. I've been personally playing it myself and it's really cool. I recommend it, especially if you're wanting to get further into Pokemon Go and not just be a casual player. That's where I am. I'm the casual player. (laughs) (laughs) I am the casual. No, that's really cool. That's that's awesome that you got to talk to Niantic first. I know, and you want to know something? This is like a little side personal story. Do you want to know what was really funny? Sure. I show up, and okay, so I'm just going to describe the scene for y'all. One, I have never done anything like this before. All of my interviews that I've ever done have just been like interviews with sites, or I've interviewed authors of books, or interviewed, you know, just random little things like that. And everybody's just all chill, sitting in their office, and you know, it's just like, okay, it's just real chill. I joined this Zoom meeting, and I was not expecting this, but it's like a whole conference room, and I'm <laughs> blown up on a massive monitor, and I'm like, oh, and everybody's decked out in their Pokemon merch, and you know, it's just like really cool, and you want to know what I show up wearing? A Pokemon shirt? <laughs> no, I'm wearing a freaking Iron Man shirt. Ah. <laughs> And immediately, I told my dad later that night, I'm like, Dad, I did this really cool thing. You want to know what I did? He's like, what? And I'm like, I talked to the developers of Pokemon Go, Niantic. And he looks at my shirt. And he's like, did you wear that shirt to the to the interview? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Always picking on the worst parts. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I didn't have a Pokemon shirt, otherwise I would have worn one, and literally I only have one day to prepare, so Amazon Prime would have failed me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Amazon, you can't do everything. They will still try. (sighs) 
So that's that's really cool. And hey, I don't blame you. I actually technically, I I guess I have two Pokemon shirts, but one's really old, and the other like it was just printed in poor quality. I I, I wouldn't want to wear it in front of them. So I, I you wear what you're comfortable with, Faith, and you weren't expecting it to be like that. So that's not on you. Yeah, I didn't even wear makeup to this. Like I'm talking, <laughs> about, I just showed up. I just I literally just showed up. I didn't think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I'm like, no, this is going to be cool. We're going to talk to the developers. We're going to talk about this. To be honest, I was more stressed about my questions. My, um, I did this over at Game Rant, so that's where you can like read my article when it goes up. But my editor there was like, we want to ask, you know, around 15 questions or more. So I'm like worried about these questions. I'm like, I don't know what to ask. I feel like I feel like the ga- the app is very simple to understand. And while there was many questions I had, they explained all of it and i'm sitting over here i'm like well well he asked me to ask this amount of questions and you know that was what i was worried about the whole time i was making sure i had my questions together and that i knew what we were talking about i was more worried about you know being professional but you know makeup didn't matter it's fine (laughs) i wasn't blowing up on a big monitor it's fine (laughs) but no it was a really cool experience and and i hope that i get to do stuff like that again in the future it was really cool yeah i'm again i'm really happy for you so go check thank you you're welcome go check that out and uh game rant you said so yes yeah and if you haven't tried uh campfire go and give it a look all right uh faith i believe you have to go I do have to hop out. I had I had to do my drop mic drop um, combo, and now I gotta leave. Unfortunately. No worries. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Faith. You, you, y'all are gonna do great. We know. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye bye. User disconnected from your channel. And she's gone. How dare she not do that interview for Outer Haven? What is wrong with that woman? <laughs> How dare? <laughs> but but Tom, I'm sure they asked her to do it for Game Rant. I, I, I don't remember you seeing that email, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't I, I'm just saying. She could have done a separate interview for Outer Haven. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, we do have a lot more news to talk about, as ironic as it may sound. Starting with Daddy Sakurai. Oh, how do we not talk about Daddy Sakurai in front of Faith? She knows him so well. <laughs> oh. All right, so Daddy Sakurai has done, honestly, some really cool videos recently, including his early gaming likes and such. But the most recent video was about Kid Icarus Uprising. And this game clearly had a very unique development cycle, both from the pitch stage to the development stage to what's called the reaction stage and so on. Including how Kid Icarus Uprising wasn't meant to be Kid Icarus Uprising at first. Nope. Nope. Apparently, when the 3DS was made, uh, the late Satoru Iwata asked Mr. Uh, Sakurai, sorry, Daddy Sakurai, to both oversee the 3DS from an outsider's perspective and help make sure it was good, which it, it was, and to make a first-party title for the game. And he felt, Sakurai felt, that given the game's 3D capabilities, that an on-rails third-person shooter would be really, really cool. He didn't think about putting any first-party characters into the game until Mr. Iwata said, you should consider it. And eventually he came across (laughs) the idea of doing Kid Icarus, which had worked in part because Pit was in Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and he already gave the glow up to Pit, to uh, Palutena, and some of their other characters via like stickers and sister movies and stuff. So, you know, he already had the groundwork already laid, and then he went through the process of making the game. Um, a couple things of note here, though, was that 
the reason that the game didn't use the full uh, Circle Pro pad was because apparently it overtaxed the hardware. And yep. <laughs> yeah. And he was making this in the very early days of the 3DS. So before certain patches, like internal patches, came out to make the game make gaming uh, easier on the system. So even he wishes that he could have had more time and the ability to make things like the Circle Pro more tangible for the system. And I wish he had too, because my hands wouldn't have cramped so much. I know Tyler is screaming, it wasn't a bad game, Tyler. And I was like, I'm not saying it's not a bad game, Tyler. <laughs> in my hands cramp. Like, I do not remember the last time or another game that cramped my hands as much as Kid Icarus Uprising. Guitar Hero on the 3DS. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know if I would dare even try such a thing. Don't um, do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the other big thing is that Sakurai heavily, heavily stated that he wants Kid Icarus to be on the Switch. Just do it! <laughs> Like seriously, can you really say no to Daddy Sakurai? Exactly. This is and this is the second time he's done this. Okay, he did it, and another one where he said, "Oh, this would be great if this was on the Switch, but I have no control over such things." And then he did it <laughs> again here. This is the second time. Okay, once is coincidence, twice is a pattern, third is he's just ignoring the man. So if this happens a third time, we know Nintendo's not listening, and that's just them being mean. <laughs> yeah like heck unfortunately now with the 3ds sh uh, shop now closed down and the only way you gotta get it is with via ebay third-party prices and whatnot yeah now it's the prime opportunity to bring this thing out of limbo and yes bring bring kid icarus back to the masses hell even the voice voice actors themselves ali hillis and Del rio want this game and their 10th anniversary and no we still haven't got anything yet so uh nintendo uh money opportunity here don't you want money do you, are you not mr krabs come on do you want money and th this this kind of ties back into what we were talking about last week about the nintendo switch lineup they had time to say you know what this you know kid icarus sold well on the 3ds sold over like 1.5 million or something like that and which isn't bad for you know a revival of a what 20 year old franchise. yeah it's pretty good for kid icarus exactly for kid icarus. <laughs> and it's like hey let's make a port you know not unlike what they did with xenoblade look how that turned out yeah uh, and obviously it was good and you know like hey port it refine it get sakurai to refine it a little bit more and with the dual joysticks via the joy cons will be easier to control so no hand cramping please <laughs> no hand cramping sakurai and then if it sells well again, you make a sequel. And by the time you get the next Switch console out, it could already almost be done. It could be like your, one of your second-year titles. You had the timing. You had the perfect situation, but you didn't do it. And now, now Sakurai is, is threading the needles, poking you constantly. <laughs> yeah, and, and, You shouldn't have to ask a third time. Let's just say that. And, and, if, <laughs> and, and should something like not work out, Daddy Sakurai, I need you to listen to me right here. Here's what you do. They're going to ask you for Smash Brothers again. We all know it's going to happen. <laughs> so you say, okay, I'll make Smash Brothers on one condition. You give me a team to make Kid Icarus Uprising remaster or a sequel. And then don't ever ask me for anything again. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I agree with that condition. Yeah, okay. Oh, you want Smash Brothers? Fine. Give me a team to make uh, Kid Icarus Uprising first. Then we'll talk. Yeah. That was another thing that I actually found fascinating about the video is that the team that made the game was called Project Sora, but they weren't actually tied to Sora LTD, which is Sakurai's company. 
uh, it was just a random hodgepodge of people who came together to make the game. And that actually didn't work as well as he wanted because they were all, they didn't have any real synergy. They were arguing over like really dumb things. And he actually took that in mind when he continued making other games like the Smash Brothers franchise. So see, even Sakurai has to deal with, you know, not the best teams sometimes. <laughs> so. but hey, live and learn, right? I didn't mean to make a Sonic reference there, but it, it works, actually. <laughs> so, I, I pray for your for your success with Kid Icarus, Daddy Sakurai. We all know you want to do it. All right. Uh, let's see quickly. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom? It's doing well. Shock. <laughs> Never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. Okay, but seriously, though, like, uh, two, a little less than two weeks ago, the, the NPD data revealed that it is already the number two game in the U.S. after less than a month, this was at the time, less than a month of release. Which yep. means that it was doing better than uh, Resident Evil 4 and Jedi Survivor, which you definitely think would have killed it in America. I'm sure it did. Um, the only game it was losing to was Hogwarts Legacy, <laughs> which is really surprising to me. But... But that data didn't include the digital sales, which, as Nintendo has proven with the Switch, their digital sales are huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Again, just look what happened with Animal Crossing New Horizons. That was huge on the digital market. So I'm sure Zelda was the same, especially for those who just wanted to download it versus having the cartridge. So that's impressive. And you know, people are still making crazy things in the game. So you know, go and find stuff like that, I suppose. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Switch sales? Switch had a huge month in Japan in June. Like, it had one of its best months ever. Yeah. Seven years into its life. <laughs> like, oh, Switch is dying. I'm not, not so sure about that. Oh, a lot of consoles want to be dying if that's the statistics that it comes with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay <laughs> at, I, I didn't want to interrupt Faith when I saw this. I have breaking news of the most hilarious variety. Are you, are you ready for this? I'm ready. It's time to talk about everybody one two switch. Oh boy. <laughs> so we noted that it was odd that Nintendo just randomly shadow dropped this. We noted that the only reason that this game, if you want even want to call it that, um, would be shadow dropped like this would be is if it's bad and Nintendo just literally want to get it out of the way. So the game came out on the thirtieth, so last day in June. The Famitsu software sales for the first few days of its release period, so June 30th, July 1st, and July 2nd, came out. And according to this, in Japan, everybody want to switch sold. Dramatic pause. 3,500 physical copies in its first week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) No. Yeah. And, and you can't even say that the whole you can't even say the whole but Japan sales are different than American sales. That's true. But when you're selling only 3500 of anything uh, game related in your first week, you suck. The, the fact that it's only making only four digit sales. Yeah. yeah that's uh, yeah, more than concerning. Okay, actually I didn't even look up the metacritic stuff. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Okay. I want you guys to guess the Metacritic score. Five, at least a, a decent five. Forty-three. It's out of a hundred, Will. <laughs> uh, so half fifty, fine. Okay, so fifties Will's guess. Scott, what's your guess? I said forty-three. Forty-three? Okay, Will wins, it was fifty-six. Ah, uh, okay. All right, all but right. But there's two twists here. One, it's out of twelve reviews. 
god. Wow. So Nobody Nintendo... wanted to review this thing. Exactly. <laughs> Nintendo included was not giving out review codes. And their user score, which is only 25 ratings, is a 5.6. Wow. <laughs> out of 10. So, you know, it's it's the same score yeah. across the yeah, yeah, Nintendo, if you want want to send review copies of, of this game, by all means, by just send them out everywhere now so people don't <laughs> want to try it. Because, like, look, I, I even see some gameplays uh, from, like, Dashi and other YouTubers, and I have played the original one, too, which I can't review it. And it, it, it can be fun. But, again, the fact is, one, you need people to play with. That's a major thing. And... As silly as it is, and there are some good things, it's a great party game. Don't get it wrong. It's a very great party game, but that's the thing. You need people to play with. And you, if you, like, who do you know in your in your social circle has more like more than five, ten friends, or heck, to the point even playing those multi games of up to a hundred people, a la via their uh, smart devices. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nintendo knew this was going to fail. They were like, screw it, just throw it out there, and this is their result. You're welcome, America. Among other, and Japan, apparently. All right. <laughs> moving into the last bits of news. Super Mario RPG is not out yet, but it was at one point in the last few weeks, like the number one game on Amazon. How nice do I blame eh? all those people? Pre-orders, everybody. <laughs> Pre-orders. Also, this is also this is further proof that if you bring it back a game of quality, it's going to sell well. Shock. <laughs> I am I'm just flabbergasted that people are buying this game. Yeah. And wanting so. to pre-order such a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I don't I don't know. A game they've been waiting for all oh, more than three four decades, it seems. Yeah. Multiple console generations. All for an RPG that was like nice enough to make Paper Mario. I mean that's a compliment, I guess. So <laughs> I mean we we all know where that led to is Sicker Star. So was it really worth it? <laughs> Really, but we got Paper Mario 64 and on the GameCube, so maybe true. <laughs> true. But again, we had to, we also had to have a, a certain factor, a la Miyamoto. So yeah. let's not forget about him. Never, never, yeah. for, never forget, never forget. All right, and uh, almost done. Now we. This is a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while, but we might have to wait just a little bit longer. But I'll, I'll glaze over it for now. Let's talk about Xbox. Because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the here's the gist of it, ladies and gentlemen. Sony and Microsoft are currently in a war in court over the Activision Blizzard sale that is or is not going on. Who knows anymore? And for about the span of a week, they were doing Sony and Xbox were doing everything they could to try and make their case, whatever the heck it was. And they kept dragging Nintendo into it, and it was just a awkward, b dumb, and c really, bro. <laughs> They were literally saying that Nintendo is in a, quote, separate market. Really? And uh, then the, the head of Sony, Jim Ryan, yeah, so Sony sucks too. Uh, Sony was like, hey, not only can you not make Call of Duty work on Switch, A, hey, dude, shut up. Um, <laughs> B, mean. C, you don't know if you don't try. I mean, technically they did have one Call of Duty game on Switch. I don't remember which one. I think no. the weirdest thing about this argument, too, is that right now, Activision Blizzard is making Call of Duty on mobile smartphones, there which are yes. weaker than Switch in some regards. Exactly. And not just that, but they're saying, Jim Ryan said that the, the Switch user base doesn't fit Call of Duty. What? <laughs> Dude, we have one of the most successful third-person shooters of all time was Splatoon. 
<laughs> you don't think they're sweaty players here. I can attest to that. We are sweaty players. Yeah, okay. They're just as dumb as Call of Duty players. I mean, what? No. Hey! <laughs> you don't think we'll swap our ink pellets for uh, real bullets? Are you kidding me? Like, we, we will happily rain metal darts down on people. We don't care. And hey, I used to play Call of Duty. I loved mo the original Modern Warfare, like the actual original Modern Warfare, not that reboot with the same name, which is so confusing. So, and then Xbox tried to kept saying things about Nintendo that was just so insulting. And and then this is the dumbest part of all: Xbox tried to make a case for it needing to have Activision Blizzard because, and I quote, "We always lose the console war." <laughs> they admitted that. We all, but then they also said that Sony won every time, which is a flat-out lie. Period. <laughs> Tell okay. that to the Wii. <laughs> yes. The Wii and the Switch. Yes. Because <laughs> like, I, I would bet any amount of money that the PS5 and definitely the Xbox Series X and X aren't going to match Switch sales. No. Right? I would bet you any amount of money on that. The software or hardware sales, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Actually, I would go with software because like the Switch has so many games. So mm -hmm. many. So yeah, both Sony and Nintendo. Oh, sorry, Sony and Xbox suck. Nintendo rules. Uh, Sony and Xbox sucks because they kept trying to use Nintendo as this weird scapegoat for all of their problems. And Nintendo's here, like you know, actually doing work, actually making sales on the hardware and software side without having like 17 years of development. Okay, yes, Tears of the Kingdom was a, was a example of that happening. But hey, we got three Splatoon games in like 10 years. So <laughs> clearly we're doing something right. And making games of actually yeah. worthy products and not have to do with the what was well, general theme of patches <laughs> and all that is. Pokemon. Eh, I mean, that... Pokemon could still use some patches. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 fine, no, fine, fine. That, that example, That's but... the exception, not the rule. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but like, yeah, that whole meeting of like that that whole entire meeting. Heck, even our boss complained. Like, yeah, you're just losing brain cells and like just, yeah, you're watching that mess thing. to it listen just... to. And, and then the, the dumbest part for me, it wasn't Sony, it wasn't Xbox, it was the judge. Like the judge and the other officials who had to be explained what these things were, <laughs> including Nintendo, like they didn't know what Nintendo was or something. And then, uh, and then Phil Spencer, apparently head of Xbox, like would do give the most roundabout answers instead of just answering truthfully, which immediately yeah. makes him shady. Shade. Yeah. <laughs> so look, I already knew that Jim Ryan was a nut job because of just how vehemently he was going after Xbox for this whole thing and all the stuff he was spouting, but now I can just throw Xbox into the hate because they're admitting that they suck, which is fine, you know, except, <laughs> except this is, is, is the first step. But then they drag Nintendo into this, and Sony drags Nintendo into this, and trying to make them seem like a lesser company, when, dude, they're your freaking forefather. You wouldn't be here without them. I mean, to be fair to Sony, Nintendo kind of screwed them over the first time, which is why they were in the console war in the first place. But, but, <laughs> like, but, but hey, they, they pivoted well. They did. They but, turned I mean, the bad... PlayStation 1 and 2 sold extremely well. Exactly. Mm -hmm, and, 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 and for the record, for all you haters out there, no, I'm not saying that Sony never won a console war. I'm just saying they didn't win every console war. They weren't, they weren't the leading, they weren't the leader for the last three decades, as yeah. Xbox tried to proclaim. <laughs> And, 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 like, as I, no. and, as I, and as I was debating with my with one of our fellow uh, Outer Haven people, even if you look at the original Xbox sales versus the GameCube, which the GameCube did not sell well, no, it, but it no, no, it no. sold less than two million more than the GameCube, and it had a two billion dollar loss overall. GameCube yeah. didn't have that, so who really won? Plus, GameCube <laughs> were awesome, isn't that right, Mister Skies of Arcadia?
<laughs> he is. <laughs> the Gang only says that I got a de- great port. Thank you. Yeah. So anyway, Xbox sucks. Sony's not much better. Long live Nintendo. We are the <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment Podcast for a reason. You want to hear about other gaming news? Go to Spectator Mode or some other podcast. <laughs> hey, there's your there's your other promotion, Will. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. And finally, as we now eventually get to our main event, we need to talk about Mortal Kombat. Which is not something I expected two weeks ago. Um, Ed Boon was talking about the upcoming World Combat 1, which looks really, really good. I'm not going to lie. It looks really good. But he was also talking about Smash Brothers. And he was asked what characters he would want to have in Smash Brothers. And he said, I would totally be up for having Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Why them? Because, well, they're the most recognizable characters outside of, like, technically. I would say Raiden is very recognizable, especially with his I mean, hat. he's more of a, like, a uh, boss character. I, I mean, maybe <laughs> as that boss. I mean, I don't know. I always consider Raiden, again, he's a god. He's so. a god. He is a god. He's generally the one that you kind of have the viewpoint of, because he's always the one who starts everything. Fair enough. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so he, he said he would want Sub-Zero and Scorpion, and he's totally up for having that. Except Nintendo has not called. Sad face. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking, but Todd, they can't put an M-rated character into Smash Brothers, heaven forbid. Uh, Solid Snake. Bayonetta. I feel like I'm missing one. Um... I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't say Sep- Sephiroth. Well, Sephiroth's but... pretty dark, though. I mean, they even did the whole, like, impaling scene with <laughs> Okay. So, I mean, they have dark characters in their game. And uh, obviously, all you have to do is tone down the blood, which you wouldn't show, obviously. Well, yeah. And, and just like they toned down the, uh, how should I say this gently, uh, exploitive nature of Bayonetta. And uh, her, suggest- her suggestiveness, her nakedness. Her suggestive themes. Her, 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 her heavily suggestive themes. So, and, and Bayonetta is, is a classic, period. And especially now that she sold, oh, I guess I said this correctly, has sold multiple copies of her games. On, I almost said sold out. There's uh, sold multiple copies of her games on Switch. Uh, by the way, I, I still wonder how Teresa and the Lost Demon did. I really don't know. But, uh... Even if that game did half as well as the others, it's still really, really good. So I don't see why Mortal Kombat, which has been on multiple N- Nintendo systems over the past, including MK11. It has. It has. I mean, Tyler it hated has. it because it looked bad, but still. I mean, sure, it didn't look as polished and clean, but they managed to do it. Yeah. There are and it wasn't a cloud version of the game. No. <laughs> People are seriously still freaking out about MK1 being on Switch. They're like, how is this going to work? I don't know. <laughs> Probably the same way MK11 did. (laughs) Yeah. It won't look as good, but as long as it plays well enough, right? I mean, isn't that half the battle, kind of, sort of? I mean, for people who play the game, it's probably 75% of the time. I know there's going to be people who are going to be graphic quarters, but they don't need to worry about Just give me performance mode. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nintendo, Ed Boon is a nice guy. I mean, he is a guy who lives to please the fans as well as his team. He's shown that many times over bring Mortal Kombat into Smash Brothers, and oh, watch the internet explode. <laughs> Scorpion finishes him into Smash. So, with that said, we are moving to our main event, which I am happy to say was an idea from Scott, based off of this Mortal Kombat topic. Because as you know, ladies and gentlemen, ever since Super Smash Brothers Brawl, we have had our own kind of finishing moves via the final smashes. But, as you know, 
These are more or less just colorful attacks, cinematic attacks, or very weird attacks like the negative zone. Mm-hmm. They don't really scream, I'm about to kill you. <laughs> A few do, but not all. So we were wondering, what would it be like if the Smash Brothers characters actually did fatalities? <laughs> oh, we're going to get brutal tonight as we settle it in Smash. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, why, are we, why are we calling the settle this in Smash when it's more of a Nintendo discussion? Because it's actually about Smash Bros. Okay? Deal with it. So, here's how this is going to work. We are going to take turns talking about characters that we feel could have an absolutely brutal fatality. Not a brutality, a, not a babality, not an animality. Don't talk about the second <laughs> movie. We're talking about straight-up fatalities. What would you like to see a Nintendo character dude to just brutally kill somebody in Smash Brothers or Mortal Kombat should they ever cross over. That won't happen, but we <laughs> can dream. <laughs> so, uh, I had a couple of ideas. So, uh, uh, who should I start out with? Um, I'm going to start out with Link. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. you'd think with Link that he has the easiest one. He just, like, stabs someone brutally. He, he stabs them with the Master Sword. And I'm like, no, 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 no. First of all, this is Breath of the Wild Link we're talking about here, all right, in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And as we all know, Link is a master of all weapons. So what I would want him to do is to use his weapons like one after another and just riddle his opponents with these strikes. <laughs> and then at the end, while they're like limping forward with like all these impalements and weapons sticking out of them, Link puts a bomb right in front of them (laughs) and does like the action hero detonation and just watches them blow and then we watch them blow up as like Link smirks I could totally just see him just sheathing his sword as he just smirks towards the screen and then it blows up (laughs) exactly exactly so it's just like use the weapons make it as grim as possible you know I'm talking like arrows to the face you know the boomerang just to knock him off balance and then you like impale him once with the master sword you know, riddle them with some other shots, or hook, hook shot them, like rip off their body parts, that kind of thing. And then after he sees anything, puts a bomb down, walks away, an epic action hero detonation. You know, that is art, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are not right in the head. I'm actually kind of glad Faith isn't a part of this because I'm afraid she would go dar- darker than all of us. So let's just be happy <laughs> she is not here. So, Scott, I'm curious, what is your dream smash fatality so the irony of when i was mentioning this is just it was kind of also based off of a weird nightmare <laughs> oh go on um, and it was actually because of uh so kirby's final smash when he cooks in the pot and then he just blasts you out <laughs> the nightmare is what if you don't get blasted out of the pot and you just get boiled and more <laughs> boiled and more boiled and then it ends and it's just a skeleton and the meat is just in the broth well, that's more of it. <laughs> wow. That got dark. Just saying, nightmares are weird. <laughs> okay, let's let's go deeper though. Let's let's say that that happens and then at the end Kirby like still sucks you up. 
He doesn't care that you have you're just bones now. He he, he wants your essence. <laughs> that is Kirby. <laughs> like, then he gets the power of the bone crown. Oh god. <laughs> and remember, canonically, uh, Kirby's uh, stomach is an infinite dimension in and of itself, so your bones are never getting out. That's not yeah. evil of itself. <laughs> Ouch. Yep. Remember it, remember, it was actually such canonical nightmare fuel that one of the Kirby producers, not Sakurai, said that uh, once you're sucked up, you actually just get out somehow. Because they tried to change it. You can't change this cannon! You can't, you can't change the infinite, infinite void that is Kirby's stomach! <laughs> Good luck being Good luck. inside that. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, Will, I'm very curious about this one. I mean, I'm kind of like I'm thinking kind of very simple because like uh, like I know for Bowser we okay. had like I, I know I I can recall this one Family Guy episode they actually did a parody and like Bowser just straight up uh, eats Peach. I'm not oh. sure in one Family Guy episode. I don't know. Maybe that's my Mandela effect talking. But I remember like yeah Bowser like I don't know like oh what about the kids? Okay, you know what Bowser you can have her and just straight up eats. Peach's heads off, head off, <laughs> in a bloody fashion. Like, yeah. I mean, a la reptile, like in Mortal Kombat. I mean, that's kind of what I remember in, in, in that one time. So yeah, Bowser, or I don't know, go full on, uh, yeah, Giga Bowser, full of nightmare feel. I still have nightmare feel in, in melee, and just like yeah, like just full on, like yeah, either eat him, impale him, do whatever, crush him. Again, you can do a lot of things with Giga Bowser, like just how nightmare feel that that form is. I mean, yeah. Again, Bowser is can be not your potential, and like other thing, other characters. I mean, heck, I, I can easily see the, like most oddest thing, Ice Climber, a la Sub Zero, and just like yeah, the brother and sisters of death, <laughs> just literally they're using their power of ice to freeze, <laughs> smash, 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 just beat them into a dang bloody pulp, or just use ice to inhale, inhale them, and like yeah, <laughs> like having the, that those smiles. Yeah, you thought about Ice Climbers was um no, uh. At, Villager was bad with that axe. Now worry about the bro the brother and sister of doom, <laughs> or nice. uh, yeah, a popo and nana, <laughs> and yeah, it, of course naturally it would be like Ganondorf. I mean, I know I'm kind of like Will. We, said, we were doing them one at a time. Did you really not notice? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I just I had got, my idea. Sorry, he, he got excited. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 scares me that he's getting that excited. <laughs> now I also had a thought about Bowser, but it uh, we could actually not just do Giga Bowser, but what's the Oh, Bowser's Fury one? Oh, Bowser's Fury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's a scary form. That exactly. Scary form. Like, imagine Bowser doing that and then unleashing his flamethrower and you're actually watching everyone melt. Yeah, yeah he, he's potential to do that. He yeah. has potential to do that. Okay. My, uh, here's one that I know some people are going to be unhappy with because I'm doing it with arguably like the cutest of characters. No, not the Ice Climbers. I'm talking about <laughs> Ness and Lucas. Oh, oh, dang. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about modifying PK Star Storm, so it literally just evaporates them. <laughs> but worse, mm -hmm. you actually use your the psychic powers to lift up a person so they can't move, and then you they summon the meteor, and you watch as the person struggles to try and get out, and then slowly the meteor just goes wham. <laughs> <laughs> I, it reminds me a bit of Ermac in a sense. Yeah, it reminds me of Ermac. Okay, go. Potential. Yeah. Okay, there's definitely gonna be Mortal Kombat references in here, ladies and gentlemen, because we are we are getting violent. 
fear gangs. <laughs> but just like I just imagine, like the 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 violence isn't just that they're getting obliterated by a meteor; it's that they're stuck, they cannot escape, and they're just watching the impending doom coming closer and closer. I mean, it's kind of like like reminiscent of like Liu Kang's of uh, fatality in that review trail review trail on Shang Tsung. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I'm not just saying I want a meteor death because I haven't gotten to see Sigurds in the remaster of uh, Genealogy of the Holy War. <laughs> totally not doing that at all. Definitely not. Totally want to see it, though. Uh, all right, Scott. All righty, so I was thinking of a Samus one. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. And in the, it's, it's, I guess a similar regard to the link of using variety of weapons, because Samus has a lot of weapons, too. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of it just being like a slow of having like your limbs blast off from like the missiles and then having legs blast off from the mines. And then when you're just on the body, then the plasma cannon comes out and just vaporizes you. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> Although I'm sure, no, should I make this joke? I don't know. Should I make this joke? <laughs> um, yeah, why not? It's just like, I'm sure some people would rather uh, Samus go the route of Killer Instinct. And do like an orchid kind of finisher if you get my. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> too easy, too easy, too easy. Yeah, too easy. And, and let's not do that to Samus, please. Uh, we, have, we have enough problems. With, you know, <laughs> the answer that does that for you, you don't need to. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a good one. Um, ooh, if if we're going to do to talk about Samus, we got to talk about Ridley. Like, dear Ooh. gosh, they could get so <laughs> violent with with Ridley just. Being oh yeah. Gone. Remember his revealed trailer where he actually kills people. Grabs people's heads and pales. Yeah, Megalyn. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, like, there you go. Using his tail to, like, in... to Using his tail to impale. Wow. Uh, that'd be pretty violent. And then, like, like to follow up, like, with uh, Will's Bowser thing, like, eating him like a shish kebab. <laughs> it just, like, like, brings the tail up to him and, like, starts biting him off chunk by chunk. I can see it, like, a, a la Xenomorph. Yeah, because and Xenomorph was in Mortal Kombat, too. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, gosh. We don't mean to get this dark, ladies and gentlemen, but when, when you have a topic like this, that's the only direction you can go. And so we are showing... I mean, David, again, we are we have been two weeks back. Yeah, this is so. true. We, 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 we need an outlet. We got to get this out of our systems. Just what happens when you have no power. No? Yeah. So I, I imagine that's the ball. All right. Will, how, got another one? I know you said Ganondorf. So what do you got? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of going with the evil characters here, but yeah, with Ganondorf, like we because we always he hear about his brutality, but we won't actually actually do see it. But and yeah, I could only imagine. Oh, like how about with Tears of the Kingdom? Because I know everybody loves Daddy Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom. Like, yep. yeah, just have him in demise form, and yeah, like summon his gloom hands, rip apart your butt, and just like oh. <laughs> and just like do us a funny blow, just slice slice the skull in half. Like I can easily see him like summoning his horde of monsters or the gloom hands because the gloom hands themselves already is nightmare fury. So yeah, just add that like summon it. A la, I don't know Freddy Krueger and just like yeah, he he can do a lot of creative fatalities for like um a Tears of the Kingdom uh, Ganondorf. I feel like I got one that's not so much violent as it is like scary because one of Ganon's powers will is that he can curse people. And so what if he was to summon his shadow clones to hold you in place, then Ganondorf grabs you by the neck and, like, slowly drains your life. Kind of like, uh... uh Shang Tsung. Kind of. <laughs> but, but also, like, um... Uh, not Raiders of the Lost Ark. A Last Crusade. Where, you know, he, the guy who drank the Holy Grail, but he drank the wrong... He chose poorly. And then, like, you saw the life getting drained out of him, that horrifying scene. Like, do that! 
<laughs> and then like Ganon just literally like sucking the life out of them, all of him that are Shang Tsung, and you know him getting more powerful. Yeah, guess it, yeah, it really does sound like Shang Tsung actually, but Ganondorf could do it too, and it, that, that would be that would be a very visual kind of death. You know? <laughs> and another one where it's like you can't get out and you, you're dying no matter what you do. So very very torturous death. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just thought of one, and it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's for a king k rule oh, oh okay okay yeah, oh yeah. dang okay so he so imagine this one of his moves in the game is the cannonball fire right yeah so for the final smash he fires the cannonball but doesn't fire it at you he fires it up into the air and so he while the cannonball is up in the air goes to you and just starts slamming you into the ground like hand fist over fist like driving you into the ground and then you see your character struggle to get up and then the cannonball comes back down and squish <laughs> oh gosh why do we think of these things again it's the morbid side the more impo- morbid and impulsive side of our human brains if yeah. anything else that is in psychology there you go we like violence ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it's is amusing to us yes yes that was a great christopher Wilkin. thank you for noticing uh <laughs> all right let, let's let's do like a few more then we'll, we'll call it a night uh scott got any others so i was thinking of a captain falcon one. Ooh, yes tell me more so captain falcon can start with like a falcon kick that's from the bottom of the ground kick you up in the air okay then he uses the F-Zero vehicle. <laughs> Blue Falcon. The Blue Falcon. Know your lore. I would if they had F-Zero on more consoles. No. Oh! <laughs> and hits the person with the Blue Falcon. Gets out of the Blue Falcon. Jumps up into the air and does a giant Falcon punch to the person as they then get slammed back down to the ground. Yeah. Have you seen Death Battle? <laughs> that is almost literally what happens to Johnny Cage. Good. Yes. Good. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, a Falcon Punch almost blew up a galaxy once. No, it didn't. But everyone feels that it did. Yeah, but no, that, I could see that one. And uh, and trust me, like, if you have, if, seriously, if you haven't seen it, Scott, watch Captain Falcon versus Johnny Cage, and you'll see how eerily similar your, your fatality <laughs> is to what actually happened at the end of the fight. I'll put it on my watch list. There you go. <laughs> Will, how about you? Any others? Like, I'm kind of going back. Yeah, because now you remind me of Death Battle. Like, I'm kind of reminded <laughs> of Pikachu versus Blanca. Oh, no. And yeah, like, I, like with like Raiden again, Thunder and all that. Like, I can imagine with Pikachu, like, Pika, and like, I don't know, just suddenly charging up his Thunder, like, going straight through, like, lightning speed, a la, like, out of, like, any anime protagonist, like, slice, 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 just go full on Thunder before unleashing, like, oh, like, nothing about head, and like, going in and just summoning a great big thunderbolt of a just like shocker i know it's very simple with raiden's special element of thunder yeah. and i can easily see uh, reminiscing of that of pikachu as well just like go full on just quick quick lightning bolts and then just one big blast uh, i would do i would do like a reference to 10 million volt thunderbolt hmm. and like he, he the electricity goes through their bodies with such force that not unlike an electric chair certain body parts like pop <laughs> <laughs> and then their head explodes because of course it does Pikachu <laughs> thank goodness you didn't do that to Leon Starzard oh my god uh, let's see uh, 
I mean, with some of the characters, it honestly would be like super easy to think of their fatality, like with Bayonetta. I mean, she like, does like, fatalities on a daily basis. <laughs> exactly. Like that would be the thing, like summoning her demons to like bite people in half or whatever, or putting them in the uh, the Umbrin climax traps. Although it'd be hilarious if you guys should get the phrase Umbrin climax into an actual Smash Brothers game. Um, you know why? We all know why. Uh, <laughs> Or, or Solid Snake, you know, like him using his measure of weapons or even just his CQC to totally dismember a person. That would be very easy to do. Um, what would Luigi's be? I mean, oh, Luigi no. is just the definitely like that whole one the death stairs. No, 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 no. The yeah, just cleaner. the death stairs. Always, 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 like, ding. <laughs> and like, soul comes out. And like, no, sucks up your soul and just throws away. Or puts uh, in a painting. I don't know. So it feels like that would probably be. No, that, I think that's too tame. We need to do like full on the suck. The the vacuum cleaner sucks them in, and we watch them like body part by body part get sucked into the vacuum cleaner as they're like struggling to get out. I don't know why I like the idea of people struggling to get out of their death, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then uh, and then Luigi at the end. I got one. <laughs> Ghostbusters reference. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, what would we, how would we do Princess Peach? I imagine Princess Peach could be a bit more like creative. Like I was like, I love it. again with the frying pan, with the bombs. Like oh, uh, pop it up, post it with vegetables. And like oh, bomb! Ah, ah crap! And like and <laughs> like just like throws a bomb and like ah, spare and four with the golf with, <laughs> with her a golf club. Like yeah, that's good. Okay, I got one. This is really horrifying, but I'm gonna do it anyway. So we'll, we'll we'll start out with like what you said, like using some of her other abilities to like you know wound them. Then Peach takes her parasol, <laughs> impales them, opens it up, <laughs> and then she lifts them over their body. It's their the bodies, the parasol. There's actually a, a very clear anime reference. I know which <laughs> that it does happen. Wait, what? That happens in an anime? Of course, it happens in the main anime. What am I? What am I asking here? <laughs> of course, it happened in an anime. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is so dark, and yet I'm I'm so amused. <laughs> Please send help. <laughs> it's not all sunshine and rainbows here at the NP podcast. No. You do get into the morbid side <laughs> of things. <laughs> I can't wait for Faith to listen to this and go, Todd, I didn't realize you had such dark thoughts. And I'll be like, I never told you I was an angel. That was what you just told me, Faith. <laughs> I seriously told someone told me that I'm like an angel. I'm like, oh, stop. You really don't know me that well then. <laughs> I have, like, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite franchises is John Wick, and I laugh at all the deaths because they're so beautiful in my eyes. They give John dragon fire bullets. There are things called dragon fire bullets in the world. He uses it, and I love it, and I laugh just thinking about it. <sighs> so, all right, I think we should end here before this gets any darker. <laughs> Probably revisit this thing another time, maybe during Halloween. Oh yeah, there you go. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we should definitely do another one of of uh, what more combat characters should go into smash brothers and vice versa what potential nintendo characters could work in a mortal kombat game because they brought the dc dcu and uh teenage Mutant ninja turtles and spawn and hellboy they brought freaking rambo yep that they did so i mean there are other there are pure video game franchises you could totally fit into mortal kombat so we could totally do something like that so <sighs> this is definitely not how I thought this podcast would go two weeks ago, but here we are. 
So thank you. Blame, remember, if you if you didn't like the topic, you have to blame Scott because this was absolutely his idea, and I have visual proof. <laughs> <laughs> I have proof, Scott. This was your idea. You made us go down this violent, fatality-filled rabbit hole. <laughs> I just I just got a scary thought. What if the rabbits actually did come into Smash Brothers and they got a fatality? Oh. I don't want to think oh. about this. No, oh. I don't want to think about oh. this. Of course, easy. Kill a rabbit. The kill a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, and with that. Scary thought. We are in this episode of the Nintendo Retain Podcast. Do you have a fun idea? I don't know if this is actually fun. Fun idea for a Smash Brothers fatality? <laughs> Please let us know. And uh, what did you think of everything that's gone for the last two weeks? Do you feel that F-Zero and Banjo-Kazooie and Kid Icarus could come back like many people hope that they can? Are you... Uh, what's the nice word to put this? Are you bamboozled by what has gone on with the Xbox Sony trial and how Nintendo has been roped into this madness? Have you played <laughs> the Pikmin 4 demo and are you having fun with it? Uh, and are you? Uh, did you enjoy the last episodes of Pokemon Ultimate Journeys? Be sure to check out my review. So for Falcon Faith, Skull Kid Scott, Warrior Will, I am Triforce Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. Finish him! Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Wrong line. We're not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So... Raise a flag.